All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. You're listening to Oilers Nation Radio, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. One hour of straight hockey talk with Dan, Rick, Tyler, and Bag Milk starts now. Special edition of Oilers Nation Radio because we are just simply way too fired up about last night. So it's a Sunday afternoon. Dan, Rick, Tyler, Bag Milk. Everyone is here to break down what we saw last night. Episode 195 of the podcast. Shout out to our friends at DoorDash and Oodle Noodle as well. Um, holy shit, that was one of the best nights of my life. Discussion. I uh, I just keep thinking like... So I was also lucky enough to be at the game last night and I just keep thinking about the atmosphere in there. Yeah. It was... I, I was just kind of remember looking around and soaking it in and I, I leaned over to Jay. I'm like, this place is a fucking madhouse. Like... It's just before anything happened, before the even the pregame started, the place was going ballistic outside of the mosque. I loved it. Ramped. I love to hear that because one of my great, my one of my favorite memories about playoff hockey is back in like the late ni- late nineties when you know it'd be like three o'clock in the afternoon. The stars are taking their skate, and that place has already got like eight thousand, nine thousand people in there. They're chatting bell for already, and those guys are you know it's like it's afternoon time still. It was the Jonathan chants were starting early. The, you know, like we met up with Tyler and Ford Hall and just like, I'm looking around and everybody's cheering for the Leafs losing in there. The place was just (laughs) going nuts. It was nuts in there. Just a complete madhouse. Did you guys shake the building again? I was so leaving. I was just like, what are we going to see when we get in there? And everybody was hopping. It was hopping in there. Um, it was insane. Like the lineup, I think this is what I saw because initially I thought Bag Milk, we were gonna meet in the like plaza area outside. 
But the lineup to get in there, I think, was like over yeah. a block long. Like it was nuts. There was two lineups, and yes, they're both like a block in other direction. That's insane. It was packed, packed in there, and like I think it was the Tim and Fred's account posted a video today of after Connor's goal, and just like everybody was going insane. Yeah, um, inside the arena, like the vibe was unreal. I will say, when everyone started cheering for the Leafs losing. I got a very uneasy feeling. I was like, that is not, that is not great karma. Everybody. We could also very well lose games. Maybe we cool it. I definitely enjoyed the Leafs loss a little bit more at about 11, 15 PM yeah. than I was at 8, 15 PM. One guy in the line for beer before the game, he like turned to me, he goes, did the Leafs win? I was like, no, they lost. And he goes, there's nothing I love more than watching the Leafs lose. And I was like, what about the Oilers winning? Maybe. Uh, priorities? I don't know. Uh, but like bag milk, you've been to a couple playoff games now, right? Yeah. We've all been to at least one now, right? Dan, you were at one, right? Yeah, my, I the game puff. Yeah, my favorite thing is how like 10 minutes when they do that little countdown, 10 minutes for like the players even come out, like everyone's in their seats and everyone's like already buzzing. It's awesome. The atmosphere last night was unreal too. It was just like right from the puck drop. And then it, it started immediately when Connor laid out Jersey on his first shift of the, oh, of the game. Oh. And it just like, as soon as that happened, it just, it didn't stop. The roar was just constant. It just did not stop. Yeah. Yeah, it was like the crowd every time my, something else I like too. the crowd can tell when Zach Cassian kind of has someone lined up. Cause they start like buzzing <laughs> like four seconds before he even hits anyone. It's like, Oh, and then he hits them. It's like, ah, like everyone cheers goes crazy. Um, the first period, like we can just maybe go through the game here a little bit. The first period was a great period by the Oilers. Like they started really, really well, which is something obviously they struggled with early in the series, but I was a little nervous after the opening 20 that they played so well. And it was still zero, zero. I was they were like, getting goalied eh. a little bit, a little bit. Right. And yeah, every balance. Yeah. Every bounce besides the two goals in the game, every bounce besides the two goals that went in were in LA's favor. Wow. Off the post, the pucks bouncing around the crease. We just can't get it. Quick, like falls on the puck. Every bounce went their way except for the two goals. It was amazing. We could still pull it off. And it felt like it felt like as many shots as the Oilers did take in that game, not a lot of them were hitting the net in the first two periods. Like they, they were putting them four feet above or two feet to the right. There was just pucks coming from everywhere, but it just, it, there was one moment in the second period where Kennedy grabbed a photo of me with my hands on my head. And that was the only time that I had any kind of like any kind of discomfort was because exactly what you said, Tyler, it's like how many more chances are going to yeah. go by before we get some like bobbled puck that iced down the ice and passed Smith. So I, yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was a really good effort and you were really like, you were feeling fulfilled and, and heartfelt about it. But yeah, there was that little bit of dread where the puck hadn't gone in the net yet. So. And uh, to your point, Dan, 24 Corsi attempts for the Oilers, only 10 shots on goal. So you're right. There was right. a lot of stuff just kind of whizzing by the net or getting blocked, not getting through yeah. for whatever reason. Um, and then the second period comes. And again, like the Oilers are all over them. Edmonton ended up out shooting the Kings 20 to 11 in the second period. And we're, you're going, you're going. It's scoring chance after scoring chance. LA couldn't piss a drop offensively. Keeps going and going. I guess at the halfway point, I'm sitting there like, how long is this going to go on? Like, Someone's going to open the scoring and it had the feel of whoever scores first, like it was every game in the series, I suppose 
is probably just going to control the rest of this hockey game and thank the Lord for Cody CC. I, if I had more time, I would have pulled up our thoughts from our free agent episode on the CC signing and played them <laughs> now because I'm sure, I mean, I was hard on it. I'm sure we were all a little bit nervous about the deal and that oh. guy ends up being your playoff hero. Avid, avid listener of the Better Late Than Never podcast. You'll like this one, Bag Milk. Uh, Paul was at the watch party last night, and he told me that he was he's for whatever reason he's been going back and listening to your episodes from the start. And he listened to the Frank Saravalli episode, and Saravalli just dumps on the CC acquisition <laughs> for like three minutes of episode. And but it's all, of course, pre Woodcroft. And so yeah, there's there's something special there. And. That's two games in a row now that the Oilers have had a clutch, a big goal from their defenseman. Tyson Berry was in game six. Cody Cece, obviously, last night. They were getting some, they were getting a little bit of help from people that were a little bit down in the lineup or something maybe you didn't yeah. expect, I guess. And then, I mean, what can you say about the game Connor had last night? He just, he looked like he was not going to be denied. He looked like this was his game. He was going to grab it and he was going to take it and nobody was going to stand in his way. And I, I tweeted it this morning, like when Connor scored in the, in to make it two nothing watching all the LA Kings just stand around and just kind of watch him was absolutely hilarious. Like, Obviously, I was last. I was super excited when it happened last night in the building. But to go back and watch it again, you're like, yeah. "What are you guys doing?" He was just but buzzing around the net. You, it's funny because like that when he hit that hit, that's when I posted a the Thanos. I'll do it myself. Like it just felt like one of those games where McDavid's like, "You know what? I'm going to literally do everything, and I'm going to do it better." So yeah, it was amazing. But like he I was like give that in game five, game six as well. Yeah. Like. That, I think TSN tweeted it. He's the second player in NHL history to have six multi-point games in a series. That's just <laughs> nuts. Just nuts. Just ridiculous. We've got to give He's a little love to the old man in the crease, though. Of course. 100%. The old man that everybody, that everybody, everybody shit on at the beginning of the season. Nobody gave any fucking credit for. That man's got two shutouts in, this, in, the, in these playoffs. And I'll, I'll jump in because I was, you know, I was been hard on Mike Smith a bunch of times. But like I've said also a bunch of times when he's playing well, as he has been all series. I mean, what can you say? The guy's got a 938 save percentage through the first series. Like you can't really expect much more than that from your goaltender. He's he was rock solid last night. He looked calm, composed, square to the puck. He was handling his rebounds. He had a couple moments where where the bar was was a little a little antsy with uh, with a couple of bobbles, but I think that that's a little bit of shell shock too from previous. Hey, we've been hurt before, you know. Yes. But after that bobble, that gaff in game one, yeah. he came out, oh, yeah. he owned it, and yeah. he gave the Oilers the performance in net that they needed. And he did it, yeah. Like you guys said, he did it multiple times in this series. Like he was outstanding, and in this season. Coming- yeah, and this is coming from a guy who wanted him at waivers, uh, wanted him on waivers at one point, right? Like, I'm not shy about that. But at the same time, like, his work from March one on speaks for itself. He's one of the best goalies in the NHL statistically. And that's why after game one, like I tweeted, Smith wasn't good, but he didn't cost them that game. He was fine. You start him in game two, you don't think twice. Anyone saying anything else is overreacting. And I got hard <laughs> for that. Yeah. Like, yeah, I got up. ripped on Twitter from a, a certain portion of Oilers fans as well. Um, and, and I got ripped for it. And then he followed up with a shout-out, big shout-out in Game 7. Schmitty was absolutely unbelievable. Schmitty battles. He does. Uh, just going back to... Series long. 
Yeah. Just going back to McDavid quickly as well. Um, I, the thing that bugged me about a lot or the last two Oilers playoff exits were the people who would come out and say stuff about McDavid, you know, not being a leader. Do the Oilers can't win with McDavid. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, He's going to want out soon. And then also, you know, it's his fault and blah, 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 blah. And I even heard it when they were down three, two in the series. Ah, Connor McDavid's not a good captain. You know, yeah, that's not a leader. He just cares about his points. Anyone who says Connor McDavid is not a good or great captain, either A, has never watched the Edmonton Oilers, or B, doesn't know anything about hockey. Because the way that guy put on an absolute clinic in games five, six, and seven to will this team to victory, when Leon Dreisaitl is playing on one leg, Connor McDavid said, I'll pick up the slack, Leo. Don't worry about it. And he willed them to this series victory. Mike Smith was great. And the clutch scoring from the D-men was awesome. I thought they started to get real good at five on five in the last two games. But Connor McDavid is at the top of the list for reasons the Oilers are going to round two. His leadership is at the top of the list for reasons they're going to round two. And anyone who says otherwise is a clown. Well, how can you not? How can you not see him play like that and then follow suit? You know, the rest of the team bought into what Connor was selling and he was leading by example up and down the ice all over. I saw him going down for block to block shots last night. I saw him wheeling. I saw him throwing the body. What else do you want the guy to do? He was, he was without question, just amazing to watch. He was the captain and the captain was doing captain things. Big players play big games in big time situations. That's exactly what he did last night. Unbelievable. Like, yeah. How can you not watch him steamroll Sean Dursey and then be like, <laughs> oh man, I'm fired like, up. Like, I'm ready. Him. Like, that's like, you mentioned Zach Cassian, but like that hit was like a Cassian hit on Dursey. Like he absolutely <laughs> flattened him. And again, sent him backwards four feet. He went horizontal. Yeah. And when that happened, like I said, Rogers place just went absolutely oh. insane. Yeah. The entire city went insane. You could feel it. The bar was shaking at that point. Unreal. Uh, how about Rick- 29? How about the way he, he came out and the way he battled through that game? We have no idea what kind of pain he's in. We do not know the injury other than it's most likely some sort of left leg injury. Yeah. That dude battled right through. I don't know what his final minutes were, but um, they weren't they weren't incredibly small. And I mean, you couldn't just play him on the power play. There was only the one power play out there. So uh, what he did last night was insane. It was a, it, it's a playoff. That's what you do in the playoffs. Yep. You play through you play through injuries. And I just love to like when they got asked post game. He's like Leon, what's going on with you? He's just like I'm fine. But uh, to answer <laughs> your question, Rick, uh, twenty two thirty eight. So it's not like he had a light night by twenty two thirty eight. He yeah. played five minutes less than that, fully healthy earlier in the series. Yeah. On. There was like there was a couple moments last night where you could just see that he was hurt. There was moments where he, you know, doesn't take a shot where, you know, 90,000 times he's taken that same shot. Um, see, I don't think the, a, I don't I don't think the, I don't think the leg injury was a, was an effect for uh, his shooting. I, it shouldn't be you know, like is it your, no, it's it your left leg. Like, it's like you you, you put you, you know, it's, it's more on your right and you can get away with uh, using just your upper body there too. Like there was a time felt when he like he was a lot there when he passed the Bouchard. I thought he should have shot. 
Yeah, it just felt like it was it was maybe just a forced pass here or there, and that's what I was meaning is that is that it was just kind of a, you know it wasn't it wasn't a detrimental injury in the sense that he wasn't holding the team back, and yeah. half the time he looked like he wasn't hurt anyway. So yeah, it was it's a really impressive performance by him, and you know when this magical run is over, hopefully with Lord Stanley in our stead, um, we get to find out all the things that he actually played through and actually had to deal with. So. When I saw Saravalli's tweet saying it might be a high ankle sprain, I was like, okay, you probably won't have Leon tonight. I was like, you dress him and you probably play him on the power play, give him a few offensive zone shifts, and that's it. <laughs> For me to look at the stat sheet this morning, he played 1821 at five on five alone. That's insane. That's fourth most amongst or fifth most amongst any Oilers, second amongst forwards. When he was on the ice, he was on the ice for both goals, and the Oilers outshot the Kings 16 to 10. Like, Dry saddle on one leg is still better than pretty much every other forward in that series, not named Connor McDavid, right? Hundred uh, percent. That's insane, man. It's wild. Um, the 100%. other thing, though, not to be a downer at all. I don't want to rain on any sort of parade here, but if you know Frank Cervalli said high ankle sprain, it can't be though. We we've, we've seen high ankle sprains in other sports, and that dude does not play ever. That's what I mean. So did he really, weeks. did he grind through it for a game seven to get him to round two? I'm just like a little bit nervous that we might get something leading up to Tuesday and it ends up like, yeah, no, he's not playing game one. Like, I don't and, know. And if that happens just, to me, it's, it's an extra day's rest and it's something new for the guys to rally around. You know, we had, we didn't have Darnell nurse. We had the Mike Smith. But a, 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 just a high ankle sprain to me is just like, a, it's a four week. It's a four week injury at, at least. Yeah, And the fact mm-hmm. he played and the fact he played as much as he did and the fact he played as well as he did um, tells me it's something, Turn but I don't think it's, I don't think it's your, your damn straight there. I don't think it's a, uh, I don't think it's a high ankle sprain. I don't know exactly what it is. Um, I just, in that high ankle sprain, I just see that being that Terrell Owens four weeks off and coming back and, you know, that type of an injury. No matter what's going on with him, it's just, he, he, it's clear he was playing with a little bit of pain. He didn't have as much hitch in his giddy up, but like, or he had a little hitch in his giddy up, I should say. But like, <laughs> even still, like Tyler said, Leon Drysaddle at eighty percent, seventy percent is still better than ninety five percent of the players in this league. So, I uh, he was hoping he's sleeping in a hyperbaric chamber for the next couple of days. You know, get get that leg in Connor's hot tub. Absolutely, uh, Epsom salts in there or something like that. Oh, real nice. <laughs> Some other guys I wanted to shout out for their game seven performances, Ryan McLeod, um, that guy in the third period made two great defensive plays. Defensive plays. Yeah. Like really, really good defensive plays. And for a young forward like that in a big pressure game to be able to step up and eliminate a few scoring chances when that game was still a one goal hockey game. Huge. I thought Ryan McLeod full marks for his game played 1407 at five on five. So again, with dry settle, not being able to handle the load down the middle, I thought McLeod was fantastic. Nugent Hopkins made that great play in the second period to eliminate a breakaway when he came back and back checked really hard to strip a Kings forward. Um, I, I thought Nugent Hopkins and McLeod, while they didn't get it done offensively, I thought their work away from the puck and the work they did defensively, stepping up, filling the void left by dry settle down the middle, at least because dry was pretty much a winger that whole game. Um, that was unreal. I thought the two of them did really, really well. I think all the forwards out there, I think every, everybody pulled on the rope last night, pulled on the rope. They all pulled their own weight. Uh, you saw what can happen if everyone just goes out there and does their job and goes a little bit further because of the playoffs. 
I also want to give, uh, I got to give some love to the defenseman as well, because I'm looking at the stats from last night, Duncan Keith, four blocks, Cody CC, three blocks, Chris Russell, three blocks, Darnell nurse, four blocks, Brett Kulak, four blocks, Boosh, two blocks. Only Barry is the only guy that didn't seem to get in front of a, or, uh, yeah, only Barry didn't have a block shot last night. So the boys were sacrificing. They were putting their themselves in front of pucks. Yamo two blocks. Like that kid is a little buzzsaw out there. And he had a great game. He has no fear of going to the greasy areas on the ice. I would have erupted had he been rewarded for, for his efforts with a goal. But man, he's he's fun to watch in the playoffs. He's annoying. The Kings were annoyed by him. There's that one where Connor hit him in front of the net. He's hacking away at Smith. He's digging in there. I love it. I love the way that kid plays. So I got as much as people hate him. As much as people hate him, Archibald's I I love the game that Archibald's brought to as well. Throws his weight around a ton. Yeah. And he had that really dude, solid chance that, too. Like he, that breakaway, that forehand backhand that just about went in. Oh. I just think I just think that this game was special for me because it was it 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 was the game seven moment. We saw it, you know, in other cities yesterday ourselves. You know, it was a game seven moment, and this team came out and played the best game of the series yeah. by far yep. and absolutely smothered them. Say what you want about the LA Kings. You know, talk about how it's the Manchester Monarchs or whatever their farm team is. You know, they don't have, I think that was like eight franchises ago, but Drew Doughty doesn't, isn't playing for them. They, you know, Dustin Brown is retiring, all these storylines, and you can say that, you know, they've got all this for them, but the Edmonton Oilers showed up. And they shut down the LA Kings, smashed them, and it's done. And we're on to the next round. And we get to watch a game of hockey tonight with no stress whatsoever because it's just who's next. So uh, let's... Uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Bigmo. I just want to say I agree with Dan 100%. The Oilers needed to come up with their best hockey of the series. And they did that in game six and seven. They just... Down, backs against the wall... Like Connor said, though, after game five, there's still a lot of hockey to play. And boy, did they play it. They proved last night that every player out there knows what is expected out of them in order to get a victory. They know what they have to do in order to win in the playoffs. And I think as much as that was tough on us, on our, on our, yeah. on our bodies there to watch that go seven, watch us go down three, two. I think the learning, uh, the, the, what they learned from this, the fact they get to move on, the fact that they get to use what they just learned is, is a huge thing for them. And I got, like, I, like, I know he would never in a million years admit it, but like, how satisfied must Jay Woodcroft be that his first playoff series win comes against his mentor, Todd McClellan? Like, that's also a pretty cool little side story that, you know, doesn't mean a whole lot, but you know, he's got to have a little sense of satisfaction about that. Oh, totally. I'm also like watching the handshake line at the end. Shout out to Todd McClellan, who was uh, gracious in defeat. Like he, for every player that he coached, you could tell he really took an extra couple of seconds to kind of chat with them. Him and Cassian looked like they had a pretty good chat as well. Um, so yeah, for Woodcroft though, that just must feel absolutely unreal to kind of defeat the guy who, who kind of brought you up through the coaching ranks. Yeah. That is the greatest tradition in all of sports. Oh, it's awesome. The handshake line. That's incredible. I love it. <laughs> 30 seconds before you're hacking away, you're ready to, you're ready to, to, to fight some guy to the death for a goal. 30 seconds later, your hand shot, you're giving him a handshake, a hug saying good game and moving on to the next guy. It's it's incredible. There was another good, there was a cool moment too. I thought uh, between Anze Kopitar and Connor McDavid, those, those two seem to chat yeah. for a minute, a second, an extra second there as well. Oh, asking Kopitar for how he stays so youthful. That guy is <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Looks great. 
Yeah. Um, Dustin Brown's final game as well. He was off the ice in a hurry. I was expecting him to maybe like soak it in a little, you know, last game he was, he was like the first guy down. the. Tunnel. He was the first guy that through was, the line. As soon as he got through the line, no. he head down and went right to the bench and right off. He was like, that I was am not retired. the effort. He wanted to leave it on. No. Uh, like when, when we retired Stevie Y, I think he hung around for a few seconds afterwards. Yeah, he was like the last guy off the ice. Wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. I think he was sitting on the bench. I think there's like an iconic photo of him just sitting there waiting. Uh, okay, Dan, you talked about watching the hockey tonight. We're going to get into that in just a second. First, shout out to our friends at Cornerstone Insurance, cornerstoneins.ca. Check it out, teammates of Oilers Nation. Uh, tonight, I'm, I'd imagine by the time a lot of people listen to this podcast, they will know who the Oilers are playing. But at 1.30 in the afternoon on a Sunday, we do not. So I bring the question, who would you rather play in round two of the playoffs? And I'm not letting you say, I don't care who will be whoever. I actually want to know what series would you prefer? No, Rick. All at once. All at once. Calgary Flames. Fuck that. Give me Dallas, man. I grew up in the Edmonton. I grew up in the Edmonton Dallas uh, rivalry of the 90s into the early 2000s. I've seen what that is. That is a real deal fucking thing. We need to go out there. I want our revenge. Give me fucking Dallas all fucking day long. I get what you're saying, but that green is no longer the green that we battled with. The flames will forever be red and we are going to ruin Calgary's hopes and dreams. Calgary won the Pacific division this year and now they get to play the Edmonton Oilers and we struggled with the lowly Los Angeles Kings. It's a game of chicken and I'm staring down that flames nation car and I'm saying, let's go. There's a tweet thread out there, just put out there earlier that I got tagged in. Romulus. Oh, yeah, I saw that. And uh, man, no, I'm telling you, you, that Dallas, those Dallas series, they still have me. Give me another another Todd Marchand coming down the wing in overtime. Give me that series. I want that all day long. Ryan McLeod. Let's go. Yeah, Ryan McLeod burns. Uh, I don't know, man. Like, it's... For me, the Battle of Alberta is more of a recent thing. So you got to think that that series would just be a ton of fun. I didn't, I mean, I don't, I wasn't even alive when the bulk of those happened in the 80s. So, like, or I was a, I was an infant, if, if anything. So, like, it doesn't mean a whole lot to me. Obviously, for business, if we're thinking that way, it would be better for Flames Nation and Oilers Nation to go head to head. But I'm kind of with Rick. I, I just, I remember growing up. And watching the Oilers get ran through by Dallas. I remember it. Those were the first teams I really hated. And I would love nothing more than to see them take on the Dallas, the Dallas Stars. But at the same point, Battle of Alberta would be spicy. It would be I want to do because I want to piss off Hatcher. I want to piss off Hatcher. I want to piss off Lettinen. <laughs> you Zubov, you, Zubov, I want you to see your, your, your alumni to fucking team to die. Rick, I'll give you this. Let's go. I want all those guys. I want revenge on all those guys. Let's go get to Dallas. You can't take a bus to Dallas. I'm just saying you can't I take can't. a bus to Dallas. You damn straight can. Give me the John Madden bus. Let's go. <laughs> Who do you want to see, Tyler? Uh, dude, I'm not sure. I'm not so sure I should be going to Calgary if that's a thing. Well, that's a thing too. Like that's that's a that's a fist fight waiting to happen if you go down to the south. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know what will happen there. So I, I almost want to stay at home for this one. We're looking, I I would we're looking a little lower than the press level. <laughs> a little lower. <laughs> the oxygen uh, being a little bit less thin up there, we think it'll be better. Uh, for me, how would I get in the alumni lounge? <laughs> yeah, I don't think they would let an Oilers fan through for a playoff game. Yeah. 
Yeah. For me, I I understand the satisfaction that would come with beating the Calgary Flames, and that would be great. But I just care more about the Oilers making it to round three. So I want to play Dallas because I don't think they're as good as the Flames. I think Dallas is, for the most part, a one-line team who really struggles to score. I think their blue line is fine. They obviously have a really good goalie, but so does Calgary. So that doesn't really matter. I would just rather play the team that I think will be an easier out. And for me, it's the Dallas Stars. That's removing any emotion of a potential BOA, any emotion of playoff series that happened when I was three and four years old. I just care about the now and the Oilers winning. And I think they have a better shot of beating the Dallas Stars. But then at the same point, like but then at the same point though, Dallas is giving Calgary everything. You know, so it's, I think that's more on Calgary. Calgary just choking. Yes. Well, that's, Calgary's that's, come that's back I, down to earth. Calgary wasn't as good as they are in the regular season. Cal- I'm sorry, but Goudreau's not a hundred and whatever point player. Even uh, yeah. Kachuk's not a hundred and point whatever point player. Those guys are playing out of their skin this year. It's coming back to earth right now. And you're seeing the real Calgary Flames right now. It's it's twofold issue for Calgary. It's their offense going away, which is a yearly occasion in the playoffs. And then it's also Ettinger is just playing out of his mind, like unreal goaltending out of Dallas, which just... Yeah, if I, uh, if, I saw, if I saw... If I, if I remember correctly, when I was watching the game the other day, I think he was leading in the goal, goal uh, save percentage with like a 958 or something like that. Yeah, they, they shoot a lot of rubber at him. That's for sure. Yeah, so it's, I mean, I get it. But yeah, like I said, I'm just, I'm playing the game of chicken and I want the yep. flames. I want that. I want them. I want them to blink first. It would be a satisfying victory to go and roll through the flames, beat them in their own barn. The other side of the Dallas thing too, is I wouldn't mind seeing the Oilers have home ice advantage. Um, yep. you know, Tuesday night, that's when I believe they would open up against the Dallas stars. I'd rather have Are you sure it's Tuesday? Tuesday. I'm fairly confident. If you know what I'm saying? Oh, I was hoping for Wednesday. I figured they'd so give it whoever plays tonight. Oh, okay. Why would it be different? They both I, play the same day. I'm just, uh, relaying what I know. But that's no, like that's that fair. nice advantage too, right? Because the, yeah. the Oilers would be the whole team. So they shouldn't have to wait. I just, no, I just figured you, you give whoever plays today two days off, just like, you know, between series, give everyone two days off. Otherwise you're playing one on, one off, one on, one off. I mean, that's a lot of hockey. Yeah. I, uh, I hadn't really considered the home ice advantage thing that Tyler just brought up, but that's also comes into play here because like last night, game seven, you can't tell me that that crowd wasn't a part of what got the boys going. Well, and if, it had to, you know, with, with how young LA is, it had to like, if if you told me that they would not get a little, they were gripping the sticks a little bit tighter because they were, you know, in over their heads a little bit or, you know, experiencing something they hadn't seen before, I wouldn't be surprised by that either. Well, well I mean, and if you look at, sorry, Dan, go ahead. I was just going to say, if you take off the superstition and you say that the Oilers go to the next round, they could be playing the St. Louis Blues as well. So there's an opportunity to continue to be the home team. So yeah. could be, could be a thing. Um, I was just going to say with the crowd, like, that play by Dursey on the McDavid goal where he just zones out and is staring at the ref and forgets to play fucking controller disconnected. Yeah. Like I don't think you make that mistake on home ice. I I think the crowd being on you and loud, like Rogers was just rocking. I think that plays into like the mental psyche of the road team. And I think the Oilers also wearing them down physically, which is a product of the crowd fueling you as well. Like the, the crowd does help. And I think having home ice advantage in round two would be good. Did Lemieux fire the puck into our net before game seven as well? Like he did in game five. Uh, I think he did. I don't remember. I wasn't paying attention. The crowd, the crowd got on him pretty good. Cause then he, I'm guessing BF, had a standoff. 
bag of milk was already uh, a couple of beers deep at that point before the game started. So I'm yeah. guessing he, if any of he was watching, he probably didn't remember. It was well, a red wine night for you. Yeah, we were having. Uh, Jay decided that we were going to drink red wine last night, so that's what we were drinking. At. <laughs> so it was, it was not the most normal playoff beverage, I will say. Red wine, and what was your uh, shots you guys were doing? Oh, I forgot about the shots. Red wine and tequila, baby. You guys were living it good up there. Yeah, I forgot. That's probably. I was just like, you know, I was just like. I didn't think I drank that much last night, but then I forgot about those shots. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those tequilas, they'll sneak up on you. Uh, and tea time waits for no man. No man. I got an interesting question for you guys. First, shout out to Buster's Pizza. The Oiler going to round two. We don't have an Ask the Idiot today because we decided to do this podcast like 20 minutes ago. Um, but shout out to Buster's Pizza. Round two, you know where to order from. McDavid is the first star of the series. Smith is probably the second star of the series. Who's your third star of the Oilers opening round series? Rick? Yamamoto. Ah. You know, even like even for even even if you didn't get on the score sheet as much as you'd want to see, um, what that dude does on the ice when he battles in the court in front of the net, just what he yeah. brings to it. Uh, I think he adds a lot to the team. So yeah, without really thinking too much about it, it would probably have to be him. But there's gonna be a couple of other guys you can put that uh in that same vicinity. I get, I get to go Evander Kane. Ah. That's right. I didn't even think of that. <laughs> Evander Kane, like he was brought in to score goals and he scored a bunch of them and seven. he's mucking it up. He seven to be exact. That's why he was holding his hands up. <laughs> <laughs> seven goals, baby. Seven goals. It's funny now that uh, the series is over and the others close it out. It's just like, eh, hold up that seven again, baby. I like it. <laughs> ben. <laughs> Um, to be different, uh, I would have to go probably like, I don't know, like an Archibald, like it feels like Archibald got inserted into this lineup and the team got emotionally just a little bit sparked. Uh, There was a couple games there where it was just him doing it all on his own. And then the rest of the team just kind of seemed to figure it out and, and start throwing the body too. So yeah, if I'm going to not pick, I would have picked Kane, I think, but if I'm not going to pick him, I would go with Archibald. Yeah. I I would maybe go with like Leon Dreisaitl at third, because we talked about how hard he battled through everything. But if I'm going for more of the unsung hero angle, which is maybe how I should have worded it. um, I Cody CC putting up six, even strength points, scoring a big goal. Averaging 2105 of ice time as well. Finished the series at plus eight. Like he was on the ice for eight more goals than he was against. That guy doesn't get power play time and he put up six points in seven games. Like that's gonna rock for the Oilers. Yeah. yeah. And then the big goal, like all that. Like Cody Cece was just well worth three and a quarter. Like that contract looks good right now. When right when and if Valley. when and if is do we get the does Ken Hall and get the uh, just a pat on the back? Okay, you know what? For what it is, this roster is actually pretty good. Rick, stop. <laughs> stop. No, come on. You have to. Look president. at this fucking roster. Everybody we talked about this off air, Rick. You're well. supposed Everyone's to. You're not supposed CC, to give CC, Ken Hall and love. Well. Everybody's shitting on Mike Smith. Mike Smith's playing well. This team, this team, like, comes together around the players that the internet likes to hate on. It's, it's, it's simple. You see it out yeah. there. I, I still I wouldn't call them like a perfectly built roster or anything like that. Uh, and, and by no by no means is it a perfect roster. Absolutely not. Yeah, uh, like and it's still apparent that Warren yeah. Fogel, Ethan Bear hasn't played didn't play one game in the in the playoffs. Ethan Bear was benched every single game. 
doesn't change the fact that they signed Warren Fogel for like almost $3 million and he's sitting in. No, that's, that's, that's fair. I'm just saying that trade isn't yeah. as bad as everyone said it was. Sure. The trade fine, but giving Fogel that deal seems unnecessary in hindsight. Uh, the Dutch he's also not trade, he's still overpaid for him. Um, you know, like the, the mistakes that existed with Holland are still there. The, the things he did well though, like, yeah, I'm giving him credit for CC. I give him credit for Mike Smith as well, where I wouldn't have. And even going out and getting a guy like Kulak at the deadline. I know we all like that move. The Zach Kahneman signing on real. Kane move as well. Yeah. Um, but the Kulak, like I thought, even though he didn't play a ton, Kulak still averaged almost 18 minutes a night in this series. And he was, Kulak really was huge in game six. Yep. yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Kulak was, was big in the moments that we needed him. Just steady. He's got wheels. He makes a nice first pass. I, there's a lot to like about Brett Kulak. Good Alberta boy. Absolutely. 8 million per just had a baby. <laughs> Come on. Come, yeah. Has a baby goes out, wins game seven the next day. That's a good weekend. Mm-hmm. Good weekend. I love weather fans. I think after game six, I heard more sign Brett Kulak than I've ever heard yeah. in any, in any free agency or anything combined. You've seen what I like the way that guy plays. Mm-hmm. 100%. Uh, what else? Any other takeaways from game seven? Dan, how was our watch party down at the pint white? Oh, it's always a, always a great time to be at the watch party. Lots of giveaways. Um, people are, I think we're a little hesitant um, with the raffle having a prize that may not have been able to be given away, but that's uh, stay tuned on our socials for that. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, the people that did buy in and supported Sports Central, we really appreciated that. And the pint on white, the staff are amazing. So just a wonderful time, great group of people. And I was funny, you guys were talking about the handshake. We were the entire bar was singing La Bamba, the, the yeah. entire song from start to finish while the lineup was going or the handshake was going on. And then I somebody's like, oh, we forgot to watch the handshakes like it just is what it is but we revive it on the bomba could you imagine like two completely opposite game sevens for two canadian teams last night yeah yeah two completely opposite situations leafs couldn't get the jobs done at home and to see the look on those guys faces i watched sports center this morning and just like devastation throughout i watched then- dangles lfr this morning and dangle is melting down TSN with those guys, I swear that I felt like they were like reporting from a funeral or something. All those guys on TSN were, were just absolutely dead inside. Hey, but put yourselves in their shoes. If, if You're not supposed to be a Leafs. This is, this is not Toronto Sports <laughs> Network. I I I made my joke this morning and nobody got it. I threw in a, a round joke and no one got it. But hey. We're having fun. It's uh, yeah, I, I get it. The leaf it's, you know, every year it's supposed to be the Leafs year, but yeah, this one was, this one was interesting to watch. I really didn't believe that we were going to be in a position where we'd be talking about the Leafs losing in the first round. I thought maybe the second round for sure, but I honestly thought they were going to get through too. Yeah. I picked them. I don't don't really like sitting there and, and cheering against Marner and Matthews and those guys as, as players per se. But the organization, the fan base, yeah. and the Eastern media—oh, baby, do I love that part of it! There are there are certain Leaf fans I feel for. Like at the end of the day, there are still just diehard, passionate Canadian hockey oh, for fans. For sure, but I just mean you know, on, on on the on the whole, there on the whole, the way that just everything is Toronto, everything is Toronto, everything yeah. is Toronto. I just like watching that happen. I I don't love watching the Leafs lose, but I do love dunking on Sid Sixero on Twitter because that guy, he was just <laughs> flying around Oilers Twitter yesterday with people bringing up old tweets of his. So good. There was another one out there too that uh, I can't remember who it was. They said something about 
he loves he's at the blue check mark he said he loves watching the uh the oilers lose and oh man did that start coming back up around you know eight eight oh. o'clock seven thirty ish or something like that do you while guys see that doing, i was just gonna say while we've been doing this podcast i've been looking up bad takes about mcdavid leaving town that were coming out three days ago <laughs> Yeah, if the Oilers lose this round, he's probably going to go, blah, blah, blah. Come on. What does he say? What does he say about playing last night in his post game? He says to do that here in front of these fans was incredibly special. And to see, to like, that entire avenue along Rogers Place was just bedlam last night. It was just pandemonium out there. And I don't know if there's a better hockey city in the playoffs than this one that we're in. Not at all. Not at that all. That was round one. We got three more to go. Absolutely. Like, go, baby. Like this. That was, that, was that, long, that, was a long two, that was a long two weeks, but I can't wait to do it three more times. <laughs> we still have to listen to La Bamba 12 more times, my friends. Let's do it. Uh, all right. We, we're we're kind of getting to the end here. So are we going to do another episode Tuesday once we know who they're? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we didn't think like, about this at all, did we? Of course. Of course. This is an emergency <laughs> episode. Our cold uh, so, performers are us trying to come up with content. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so should we do hot and cold performers for round one? Like recap round one with our. Hot sure. Hot why not? Might as well. All right. Okay. Let me yeah, get I'm it done. In. Let me get my buttons fired up here. Uh, shout out to Twig and Berries. Twig and Berries, proud sponsor of hot and cold performers. Every episode here on ONR, promo code NATION15 gets you 15% off and no delivery fees. Uh, wait, no, just 15% off. I got my ad reads confused. My bad, boys. Just 15% off with NATION15. Uh, hot performer of their start with our veggies. Cold performer of round one. This is interesting. Bag milk, I'll let you go first. I looked back at a tweet after the Oilers lost game five and I said, Oilers in seven, baby, let's fucking go. And I took a bunch of shit for it. And my cold performer from round one is the people that just kind of stepped out and checked out and thought that it was you lose, you're down 3 2. That means you're going to lose the series. Not when you have. Supernova McDavid on the on the ice. It's just there's you're never out of anything. So I guess my cold performer from round one is just you have little faith, my friends. Welcome back to the bandwagon. We will let you back aboard. We will welcome you, but don't think we're not taking receipts here. Why are you the way that you are? I hate so much about the things that you choose to be. Dan. Uh, this one feels like it's going to be one of those things. I'm going to say this name and this will be the final time I get to say it. Cause I'm never going to think about this guy again, but it's going to go to one Rod Farva lookalike Mikey Anderson for your antics after the whistle oh. throughout this entire playoff round. It was annoying, but like I said, I don't think I'm ever going to have to think about you again. So you're going to get my cold performer of the series. They are just fucking ass right now. Rick. I don't give two shits about LA now. They're done. They don't deserve any time in this podcast now. There's only <laughs> one player, unfortunately, on our roster that I feel was like didn't really live up to what, what we needed from him in the first round. Um, and he was a healthy scratch for a couple of games there. But unfortunately, still love the guy. Still want to see him get out there and have a, have a better run at it in, second, in the second round. But it's Warren Fogel, man. I expect a little bit more out of him. And we just we didn't see anything. Didn't see very much out of him. So uh Fogel's got to get it going in the second round. We're going to need him. Oh, get cold. Uh, my co-performer, and I know this might sound rich coming off a game where uh, where the Oilers didn't get called on a single minor penalty, 
Um, if they played in my beer league, they would get free nachos for that at the brew house. Um, but anyways, <laughs> the officiating in the back half of the series in all the series was not good. Like games one through four, we were like, yes, they're calling power plays. This is awesome. Like, it's just like the regular season. And then in game six and seven, the refs were like, oh yeah, no, you can go back to doing whatever the hell you want, guys. We were just kidding about those first four games. Even in the Leafs game, like the Leafs, I think got kind of screwed by the refs. The Oilers only getting what? Two power plays in the last two games of that series or something like that. That's insane. That shouldn't happen. There was a play where Josh Archibald's laying on the ice and Alex Edler, I saw it right from my seat. Edler cross-checks him like three times and it's like, okay, oh, they didn't call that. And you could tell Edler was almost like, no, they didn't call that. And he went back and gave him another shot. And I was like, what are we doing here? Like, I don't know, just the, it was stereotypical of playoff officiating. And I, I didn't like it. We have been hoodwinked, bamboozled, led astray, run amok and flat out deceived. To be fair though. The Oilers were going to get a second power play last night, but Connor decided to call game early. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and too, they like. I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. It's just it's it was. Uh, you you mentioned it with the I lost it. It was the minor penalties thing. Yeah. Um, just because, yeah, there was there was so many little things that they just they tried to make they tried to make calls happen, but just wasn't there. Ref didn't want to do it. No. Uh, hot performers of the week. Let's flip it around. I'll start with you, Rick. Uh, listen, it's the greatest hockey player in the world. Uh, he's, we, we, he's the leader of our team. We need him to lead the team. And he went out there and he did exactly that for seven games in a row. What was it? Six games where he has uh, multiple point games. That's absolutely incredible. Uh, I just, I love watching the guy play. Uh, I think everybody needs to sit back and, and understand what you're watching because this type of stuff doesn't happen all the time. And I'm going to really enjoy watching all those Eastern media writers who go to bed before the game starts, who want to put the heart, heart trophy on somebody else. I just want to, I enjoy watching them eat their words here because he is the greatest player in the world. And he is the most important person on any given team in this league. Connor McDavid, he's the hot performer of round one. Dan? Well, I mentioned it earlier, uh, since the minute he came to this team, uh, Jay Woodcroft has, has had to do some hard work uh, to get this team rounded out and figured out from what the issues that they were having before he arrived and, you know, had a team on the brink three to down three to two in a series and just said, you know what, we're going to relax. We're going to do it. So for me, Jay Woodcroft leading this team through, uh, you know, through some adversity as bag milk mentioned some adversity that chased off longtime Oiler fans. It was, uh, it was rough. So yeah, Jay Woodcroft, you get my hot performer of the series. I can't believe it. BM. Uh, just since you pushed that button, did you hear like, did you hear Jack's call in the last couple of seconds? Oh, the oh, po- so on good, Twitter. man. So good. Man, so good. Unbelievable. Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll give it to him. Schmitty battles. Hot performer uh, of the series. Like, how can you not like two shutouts, a 938. Everybody was like, Miko's got to go in game two. The Jay Woodcroft did not panic. Put him back in. Schmitty battles. Two shutouts, 938. Come on. Put some respect on my name. And I'm just going to give it to uh, just Oilers Nation in general. Like being at the game last night, your romper truck was out in full effect. And I had a ton of people coming up just being like, oh, my God, I love the nation. I love the podcast, all that stuff. How did how did your dad react to your romper truck? <laughs> there was a deal made with Jay Downton that required mm-hmm. my father being purchased a nice bottle of gin in order for me to uh, wear the romper. So <laughs> my dad dealt with it okay. 
Um, he didn't really understand it. He kept a safe distance from me at most points on the concourse, but uh, it was all right. But Oilers fans, you, you get my love here. That, that was just an unbelievable first seven games, whether it was down in LA at our watch parties at Rogers place, interacting online, just so good. And I love this fan base. So they get my hot performer of the series cash money. How about uh, the photo we took with captain Felton between the bobbleheads too? Oh, so <laughs> good, fun. This is so fun. Uh, Captain Felton. It was great to meet him. I met one guy who drove from Saskatoon that day to be here for the Oilers game. Um, I had another buddy who flew in from Vancouver and then flew out this morning just to come watch game seven. Like the fan base is wild. I love that. I also love too about the Oilers fans and Oilers nation. Just you absolutely know because we all did it, that there is a sizable chunk of the fan base that wore the same clothes as they did on game six. They watched it in the same spot with the same people. All of that (laughs) stuff came into play and I love it. I love everything about it. All right. We all deserve, we all deserve part of that victory for everybody out there, the fans, the players, the coaches, they all had a little something to do with it. That's how we get her done here in Edmonton. And the X factor we have to remember for round two is Ben Stelter is back. Baby. Yes. He was watching the games on the road um, and I, he will be home. So that is great as well. Uh, round two starting in the middle of the week. We will be back then um, until then let's go Oilers. Go Oilers. Episode 196. Our yeah. shout out to Oodle Noodle, DoorDash, Twig and Berries, Cornerstone Insurance as well. Uh, have a good rest of your Sunday, everybody. Shout out all the listeners. Nap time. Thanks for listening to Oilers Nation Radio, delivered by DoorDash. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button and give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. 
code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.